Welcome back to Mission Motherhood Behind the Scenes. I'm Jennifer Norris-Hale with Mission Motherhood. Um, today we have a guest, Heather Gatson, who has been very impactful and influential in my life as a mother. And she's going to take us through the process of becoming a more present mother in our lives. And it hasn't been an easy process. Um, and so I'd like to kind of just start and just first say thank you for being here and being a part of my journey and my process. Um, why don't you kind of, let's start from the beginning. Um, when you think about, you know, your kind of postpartum experience, um, you know, what brings you here? So I found out in 2019 that um, I was expecting my second child and I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl on August 1st, 2020. And so um, I went through the initial step, you know, giving birth and, you know, being off work and um, adjusting, you know, those first couple uh, weeks of really, you know, getting used to having two children mm -hmm. and um, just taking on the load because it, having one child and now having another one is totally different. So there is a, you know, that initial adjustment that's necessary. And so I um, returned to work after my um, six weeks, six or eight weeks, I can't remember at this point, maybe it was eight weeks because I had a cesarean. So at eight weeks, I um, returned to work and was just doing, you know, doing life, doing, you know, my regular schedule. And um, one day I went to work and my suit, my TC at the time, they asked me, I came in and they said, Heather, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And literally two seconds later, I broke. And I said, no, I'm not okay. And um, I had experienced an anxiety attack um, when I first initially went to work, but I equated it to returning to work and I just put my house on the market for sale. So, you know, justifying mm -hmm. the experiences that I was having. And so um, I uh, left the floor because I work um, at a factory and so um, I left the floor and went to medical and you know went through the whole anxiety thing and then I thought I was okay because it had passed and I you know like okay that was over I'm not really sure why but on my way back out to the floor I came across this young lady who I didn't know her name only thing that I knew about her is that she had had a child um, some months prior and so I said excuse me um, did you have postpartum and she says, no, but, and then she just begins to um, talk to me about, you know, the process. Her, someone in her family was like a nurse. And so she said, um, you need to get on my chart and you need to message your doctor and you need to message her now. Yeah. And so even as I echo that, um, that's what saved me. Yeah. That, that interaction that seemed as, a, as just a coincidence, she saved me because I would not have reached out for help. I would not have told my doctors because I had already went to the doctor and you know how they give you the exam. And I said, I'm fine. Did I feel pressures? Absolutely. But they were justified in my mind at that time. And so um, because I did do what she told me to do, I, when I went back to the floor, I, I got on my chart. I messaged my doctor. The next day I woke up, I felt fine. So I, w I thought I was good, but now, now other people know. Mm -hmm. And so my doctor, um, she contacted me and said, come into the office. And I went in and she said, I want you to be honest. And I was honest on the exam and I was declared to be going through postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first step of saying, 
I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I always say that this journey has steps. And so not only was it to, the first step was to say, I'm not okay. Then it, for me to say is I'm not okay. Then it was for me to grow and say, it's okay that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay because I didn't understand. And so um, a lot of times when I have the opportunity to share my story and to share about my journey, I give the illustration of how it's like seeing me going down the street, dragging this couch. And you're like, I'll help you. And I'm like, no, I got it. 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 Because I'm conditioned and I've been trained to have it, to handle it, to be this strong person. But what do you do when you can't have it anymore? What do you do when you no longer can handle the weights of life and you're challenged? And so um, I was in that place, a very raw, a very vulnerable place to where I didn't have it. I could not keep the pieces together and um, and I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I did not understand. Mm-hmm. So um, as I began to walk this thing out and began to um, acknowledge, you know, the steps of I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay that I'm not okay. And then to then learn that the, the skill of checking in on yourself mm-hmm. and what that looks like and then to say, I'm not well. <laughs> I'm not well today. Mm -hmm. And then even as I began to get better, to adapt the language of, um, uh, oh shoot, sorry. No, you're fine. Let me back up. Let me back up. Okay, so um, learning to check in on myself and saying that I'm not well today. And then lastly, um, even as I did begin to get better, to begin to say I'm better, but I'm still recovering mm-hmm. because it's a process. Yeah. So though light begins to come and though this, it's like the sun rising, but it hadn't rose all the way up to where it was at its peak. Yeah. And so as the, the light and the sun in my life began to rise in my healing journey, um, I was still in recovery. And so I still had to give myself grace and I still had to give myself um, the space to not have a good day or to say I'm not well today. I think it's important too. I mean, as you're saying that it is a process, recovery itself is a process. And so some days, you know, we always have to remind ourselves or or just acknowledge that um, it's, there's ups and downs. It's not overnight, like two steps forward, one step back. Um, and I like, I, you know, when we first met your analogy with the couch and dragging it down the street is something that I've, <laughs> I've thought of myself often. Um, but again, with the, the sunrise too, like it, it is a process and, um, we are in recovery when yes. we go, when we go through these traumatic experiences or you go through an experience that you never, um, anticipated, yes. um, you have to like have the support around you and the awareness to say, okay. You know, how, how can I become myself again? How can I show up for myself again? Yes. Um, and there's a lot of layers in that. Um, and so at what point, so you had mentioned your, your coworker. Had you ever seen her again at that point? Um, afterwards, like, because okay. after that, once I went to um, my doctor, they took me off work. Okay. So I was off work for like eight months. Wow. So it was a, a for real process. It mm-hmm. was traumatic trauma. Um, a journey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had a lot of time off work, but once I went back to work, I had an opportunity to go to her okay. and thank her because, um, something that she thought was very casual. Like I said, that's, that saved me. Yeah. That saved me. Yeah. 
So when you talk about, um, and that's amazing, like kudos to this yes. person just stepping up. Her name is up. Elizabeth, by the <laughs> way, so thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. Um, we talk about you never, when you're kind of in your deepest or your darkest or most isolated moments and you reach out for help, you never know who's going to show up. Yes. Um, and that could have been could have been anybody and just grateful for strangers my in my story as well who showed up yes. and I didn't even anticipate but that's what I needed at that time like somebody to say how are you doing well you're not okay so let's yeah. make this better yeah. Um, yeah so when you talk about um, you talk about the steps and and the healing process so can we learn a little bit more about what the healing process was for you so um, what I've come to gather since going through all of this is that we always hear the phrase that time heals all wounds. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if time is the only element that you have, then you may not heal properly and you may not heal to wholeness for your next season. Mm -hmm. um, healing involves many elements that collaborate together for your healing. And so... Um, it's not just time. You have to, uh, first of all, you have to choose to show up. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that when I did get connected with Mission Motherhood was that I told myself I would show up as my true, authentic self each day. That was a promise and a vow that I made to myself. And so um, you ladies were able to see me at great days, at low days, at distraught days where I just might have cried the whole entire conversation mm -hmm. um, but I was myself and I was true and I was authentic and I think that that is an element that is imperative to not just um, be but to be present as in your truth whatever mm -hmm. it is um, and part of that healing process it does include community it um, I needed mission motherhood why because I needed the language I needed people who understood without me having to say everything I I was fortunate to have a family and support that loved me my mom is a writer for me but did she understand she did not because when if you haven't experience something you just don't have that link you don't have the experience it doesn't mean you don't love that person it doesn't mean that you won't support as much as you can but there's just um there's just a lack of experience that you have and that's nobody's fault mm -hmm. um but you need to be able to connect with people who speak your language in whatever situation that you're going through. And so for me, um, having those layers, having all these different components that have come together to aid me in my healing process. So I needed my own truth. Mm -hmm. I needed mission motherhood. I needed my family. I needed time. Mm -hmm. um, I needed language. I needed uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I know I said it, but just the, the mere fact of just having that, um, the audacity to, to be true to yourself, the audacity mm -hmm. to show up and say, hey, I'm not okay. Like, I know it might sound minimal, but it's everything. Mm -hmm. Like that first step is if you don't take it, then you don't get all the other things mm -hmm. that come behind it. I didn't even know that mission motherhood was an option. Yeah. Um, but by me owning my truth, and all these other doors began to open as I began to take one step at a time. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, because so often, even as moms or new moms or however, you know, we, whatever stage we're in, 
um, if we're not taking care of ourselves and showing up for ourselves, then we're not um, going to be able to take care. I mean, we do take care of our children, but to be present with them. Yes. And to, to have, yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, sorry. you're fine. <laughs> you yeah, no, to, um, and like you said, we show up, but are we our best selves? Yeah. And right. so, so many times within society and within our cultures, we think that we're serving people when we're denying ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, Keen on always saying you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, I've now adapted that I'm not pouring from my cup. I will serve from my saucer because <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be in a plate of depletion. Yeah. And so I've learned even within this journey, the language of when to serve and when to sit. Mm -hmm. And so that also goes with where my yeses go and where my nos go, because yeah. today I need to reserve this for me because I'm now pouring for myself. I'm getting frustrated. I'm depleted. When I check in on myself, I'm, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So that means I do not need to be in a place of service. I need to be in a place of sitting and getting restored for what I need so then I can properly serve everything else around me. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity to share this and it, it's like so many times we have all of these titles and mantles that have responsibilities attached to them. But at the end of the day, when we're born into the world, we're born as a son and as a daughter. Mm -hmm. And those two places, a lot of times we neglect them in, in servitude of all these other titles, but you always gotta get back to who you are. Mm -hmm. And so if we can always just remember that, have I served myself? Mm -hmm. who, who I truly am, how full is she or how full is he? I know we're talking about women, but um, it's just as our person, our being, and if that place, can re remain full. If that place we can always check in to see how am I, then I will be able to know how effective I can be to serve those around me. I was, that is, I've, I always talk about like, oh, my cup runneth over, my cup runneth over. Like I'm just so full of gratitude. But it, you know, but when you're saying like, well, if I am not taking care of, if I'm not full of self-care or self-awareness as well, yes then, yes. you know, how can you kind of like be in the service of others? And you had also mentioned uh, being a servant leader. Yes. And so that kind of just goes along with the, you know, piece of it. Yeah. Um, so what are some measures or, you know, kind of, again, in, in this process of helping a mom to recognize that she needs help or to recognize that she's not okay? Um, and then to to be proactive, I guess, in supporting herself. I think that the narrative around pregnancy needs to shift. Yeah. I think that's like maybe the starting place, mm -hmm. just because a lot of times when you first find out that you're pregnant, everyone gets excited. They're like, oh, let's have a gender reveal. You know, is it a boy? Is it a girl? You start buying stuff. You start preparing the nursery. But when do we start preparing ourselves mm -hmm. for the responsibilities of what we're really about to endure? Um, I didn't know about postpartum. Mm -hmm. That was never a conversation that I ever heard. Um, and even when I even when I had an opportunity to, and I was, as I'm reflecting on this journey, I don't know why I asked the lady, Elizabeth, if she had experienced postpartum. I don't, it just, that's what came out of my mouth. But that's what I needed, but I hadn't had any conversations. I hadn't read any literature. Um, I was, I'm an avid reader. And so even from the first time when I got pregnant, like um, I read what, what, what to expect now and yeah. what do you do now, what to expect now. Um, but I read a, 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 
a lot of things, but nothing prepared me for what I walked into. Um, and so I think that in order for there to be better preparation for what could happen, because it's not in every single case, but um, just the preparation, the narrative mm -hmm. of certain things to say, hey, you need to read this or um, just as much as we go and check our physical bodies, mm -hmm. I think we need to get our, our minds checked and to be in groups ahead of time where these conversations are at least even if their full understanding is not obtained, at least the conversation and the knowledge has been projected out. So then when you begin to feel certain things, you're like, this is that, instead of what am I going to? And you almost kind of go into a place of seclusion, mm -hmm. a place of hiding, a place of, I'm in this by myself, I'm alone, I'm crazy, nobody else has experienced this. But I tell people, if you can go pull up Google and you can type in what you're feeling and then a whole thing, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. And so all of our emotions, all of our feelings, the things that we're enduring as mothers are valid. But maybe within your circle, maybe it may not be common. Maybe it may not be something that is open because I think a lot of times we hide things. We hide things as women, trying to project this image, trying to project um, that we have it all together. And I'm okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, you know, I got on a painted face and you know, you could put on such a beautiful smile and get your hair done and all of these things, but you could be dying inside. Right. You could literally be dying and go home and just cry your eyes out because you're so overwhelmed and you're so, um, disconnected with inside of yourself, but I, I can't tell anybody. Nobody can know what's really going on with me because then what would they think? Mm -hmm. Instead of us shifting the narrative around what health really looks like, what being a strong woman really looks like, mm -hmm. it means I'm asking for help. Mm -hmm. It means that I've lived long enough to know that I'm not the only one struggling. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only, like I, I have a, a teenager and so I've had to have this conversation. I'm like, hey Zion, um, I've never been a mother of a teenager before, and you've never been a teenager before yourself. So we're in this thing fresh, you know, from, from the beginning. And so um, I think we have to just give ourselves that grace right. and to know that c the conversations have to be had before time. There's knowledge and information there, but when is it getting interjected? Mm -hmm. Like I got introduced to it once I was in it, but what if it could be introduced in the very beginning? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's interesting too, now that you said that, um, you know, being the parent of a teenager the first time, um, we talk, or, you know, we talk a little bit about, okay, your infant, when you have the baby, you're learning, mom's learning, everyone's learning tolerances, but the same thing goes for teenagers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. on the cusp as well. And I'm like <laughs> hanging on, um, but Help. <laughs> yeah. To give them that, to give yourself that grace yeah. too, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and yeah. and understanding, and yeah. you know, it's a different level, but you're learning and they're learning, and and on top of that, they're their own individual person yes. as well. So yeah. it's not, you know, you can be having a totally different teenager you're learning about, and yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. So all like the even being a mom of a teenager and a toddler, and I always I always tell people pray for me because they're both screaming for independence. Uh -huh. They're both screaming for their own development. And here I am trying to, so I'm not so much um, 
trying to confine them, but more or less let them know where their boundaries are. Right. Um, I'm an advocate of Montessori, so I try to incorporate that in my parenting throughout their journey. Mm -hmm. um, that, okay, you can do this where your responsibility level is displayed, then I can allow you to do this or do that. So mm -hmm. um, just giving them the flexibility that they need and the space that they need to grow, but with within boundaries. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, too, was um, how the oh. we're just doing a disservice to women um, mm. as mothers, becoming mothers. Um, and, you know, the, the narrative surrounding motherhood is very different. Um, and some things we've talked about previously is um, <laughs> rewriting what a strong woman looks like. Yes. Um, and that's just, I feel like that's very, just in the past few years, just those conversations are that's starting to change what what it really looks like yes so what does a strong what does a strong woman look like to you a strong woman to me looks like a woman who knows her voice who is not um, ashamed to ask for help mm -hmm. who is not afraid to speak out who is not afraid to reach out to another mom and say it's okay I I think sometimes we see things and sometimes it might be easier to turn your face. Mm -hmm. or to, I think sometimes it's easier to turn our eye from what we may see because we're, sometimes people take on the perspective of that's not my problem. But when we really begin to connect with one another and believe that we're in community, mm -hmm. we're, what you do with your kids, it will affect what's because we're in this society together. And so um, a strong woman to me is a woman who is present. It doesn't mean that she has all her T's crossed or all her I's dotted, but she's present in the moment as much as she can be. And in that moment, if she's weak, then she's saying, hey, I need you to help me. And even as I'm saying this, um, I watched a reel and um, this guy, he was teaching and what he was saying was, in a moment when you're weak, when you're in a community, you will say, cover me. And I think as a strong woman that you understand the flexibility of being strong and rising up for our sisterhood. And also when I'm weak, that I'm, I can be vulnerable enough that you're going to cover me. Mm -hmm. So when I think of what a strong woman is, it's not this independent soldier with all of these bags and all of this stuff and yep, I'm carrying it. And what is the reward of that? Mm -hmm. Only to enter in into another season where you're weak, mm -hmm. where you're broken where you may want to give up on life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not what we're created for. We're not created as women to bear all of these weights. Mm -hmm. I believe in community. That's part of the language that I've adapted within this journey is that we are created for community. We are commu uh, created to connect. We are created to collaborate because we're stronger together. If I have weaknesses, which I do, and you have weaknesses, which you do, but my strengths cover your weakness and vice versa, then when we collaborate together, everything's covered. Mm -hmm. Are the weaknesses? Absolutely. But now because we've learned how to work together and not, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Not diminish or um, not a, have an appreciation for one another. Now we get to have something that none of us could have ever had. Yeah. So when I think of what a strong woman is, that's what she looks like. I just, I, I'm going to have to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I just, 
you like every single time I and I'm, I apologize that we have to like cut but you seriously can, like you did set like what okay it's a wrap <laughs> this is work I know it might sound like it just coming up but y'all I was off for eight months yeah <laughs> and I still I still am doing yeah, work I still no. am listening I still like I even told you when we had met at the cafe uh, yeah. just about how um, I seen a mom yeah. in the store and I just was able to like, get, but out, because yeah. of what I've read and because of what I spent and she, you know, she just, re and she relaxed in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So just giving each other those passes and um, when you learn it, don't, you don't hoard it. Yeah. You turn around and you share it so somebody else can grab a hold of it. I may be able to articulate certain things and certain, but someone, I want someone to be able to take my words and take my experience and say, I'm going to hold on to that. That's my hope. That's something mm -hmm. I can grab onto that maybe they weren't able, able to formulate the words. But I, that's the beauty of when you when you go through something and you get to the other side is that you then get to turn around, which I didn't see that when I went through my lowest points. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the beauty moments. I didn't see the um, moments of being able to formulate my experience when I felt so discombobulated and so fragmented and so broken. Um, I never seen opportunities like this. I never seen an opportunity to reach out to the lady in the store that I don't know her name, but she just needed some grace that day. Yeah. She needed to know that you're not alone. And just because we see each other in the stores without our kids, we had, we know what that's like. We know <laughs> what it's like to have a child that, you know, and I'm always telling people, I'm like, kids aren't meant to go in the store and not touch anything. Yeah. It's a whole new world to them. <laughs> like, they're just like, oh my God. And you don't, don't you touch anything. <laughs> don't you ask for a candy bar. Well, what, what? <laughs> Why not? They're a kid, you know, yeah. of course they're going to. So, I don't know. No, that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I I mean, the grace is a big thing, too. Um, and maybe that was something, you know, when we first started, uh, when we first started chatting, I mean, I just learned so much. So, a little, you know, background, um, a little background, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. um, we had met through um, the program mm -hmm. with Courageous Healing and Mission Motherhood, the Mamas program. And um, it was it was purely an intentional way to support moms, like uh, to support moms throughout yes. for a few weeks. And like literally, I was like, okay, I'm ready to to go help moms and support them. And I feel like, I, and I know that we helped. You know, like we had we had great conversations. But I walked away with my cup filled every time, mm -hmm. or, you know, from from the conversations we had. And so, um, how what you your experiences that you share and the way in which you are so, like you were saying, just open about hopefully giving somebody a lifeline. Um, like that's what this is all about. And it's not, we're, we're not asking every mom to share your motherhood story. We're not asking for that, but we are, you know, if, if you can kind of be a, a beacon for somebody, um, whether it's in the store, whether it's at work, whether it's in your family, um, then be that, like be that safe space for someone, even if it's just for a moment, yes. because you don't know what they're going through. Yes. Um, we don't know what day they've had or what week they've had or month or the stresses and the, the forces that are up against them. So if you can offer grace, then you should be like outpouring it. Yes, yes. Um, and especially, I mean, again, when it comes to moms, because we need to change those conversations and those narratives. But, um, but you do it so well, and you embody it so well. And I know it's been 
a process. Most um, definitely, most definitely. But like the amount of women who you're going to help through your process is just, you know, insurmountable, I think. And it's just beginning too. Yeah. So as we kind of like wrap up, <clears throat> one of the things that, that we talk about um, or we have talked about is the, the notion of after this. What does after this look like for you? So after this is, um, it's a phrase that I feel like within this narrative that needs to be projected out because um, in the moments that are dark, in the moments that feel isolated, in the moments that maybe you know that there's going to be light, but you don't know when it's going to come. Um, we need to know that there is an after this. There are days that you haven't even considered. There are moments and opportunities that you physically cannot conceive of at this moment, but there is an after this. And though um, if we can look at life through seasons and as a journey that we know that seasons change, does winter come? It does. Are we ready for winter to be over? Yes, we are. <laughs> but it's still an appointed time when it when you start. So even as you begin to see spring come after your winter, um, to know that this, what I'm going through, it's a season. And even to know seasons and stages and cycles. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a, a good way of like looking at your after this is that life happens in seasons, it happens in stages and it happens in cycles. And if I can be able to um, kind of pinpoint where am I at? Where where am I at in my season? Um, did it just start? Am I starting to see where spring could kind of come or am I in the midst of it? And to know that this too will change. Um, I think I, I'm just really keen on language because if you can get the language out there, then I feel like that will give hope. That will help someone understand what their process is because um, like I said, I was fortunate to have all of these different layers of support but I also believe that even if some, maybe you don't have the family, but there's there are people within um, the community that are able to help you, that if you could just hold on to something that they've said, that would be a lifeline. So to me, when I say after this, I'm like throwing, throwing this phrase out there for someone to hold on to, to say, okay, if I can just get through today, I'm not even telling you to take it to say what will the to try to dream what will the next two weeks be like because literally sometimes you just got like, if I could just make it back to my bed if I could just make it to a shower a shower like so I had hard days to where it was too much to take a shower that day it's a really real dark place but I think if we as women um, could be so honest and transparent about our journey we don't know who we could save mm -hmm. because I tell people like. I could not be here and it's a real vulnerable place and it was scary and on the days when I was at my lowest it was it was hard to say hey I really don't want to be here you know there's thoughts that I had of like okay my kid you know and that was the one thing that always kept me because it was like what would happen to my children mm -hmm. you know yes my mom but what if this happened and, it, and I could never just feel all the way at peace. But there were days that I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to press forward. I did like I wanted to stop and I wanted to quit. But when I go back to that moment and I look at my now, I would have forfeited so much, mm -hmm. so many things that I really just did not see, things that I did not consider, people that I would have affected that all I could see was myself. And so was what I felt real? Absolutely. But was it the truth? No, it was the lie. 
And so when I say there's an after this, it's to come in and to combat that lie that makes you think that this is it, that it won't get any better. And that's a lie. And so after this is a message of truth. It's a message of truth. And it's a message of hope that you can get through this. And if it takes one day at a time, then we're going to take it one day at a time. And if it takes me having to phone a friend or call somebody, but I'm going to let somebody know that I'm struggling. I'm going to let somebody know that I need help because our babies need us. Mm -hmm. Our babies need us. And there, even though you can have all these wonderful people, nobody can love your baby the way you can love them. Mm -hmm. And it's imperative that we as mothers get healthy so that we're as present and, um, as as active as we can be um, and what that journey looks like it, it has variations for everybody because we all have trauma and tragedies and other things that we may not have even dealt with before we got pregnant you know mm -hmm. so there's all these different variables of um, uh, uh, delineations of how it of how it looks but at the core of it at the foundation of it it's about community it's about togetherness. It's about healing. And what that process and what that journey looks like, it has variation, but there's some key elements in there that are vital to our survival, to not just healing, but healing to wholeness and healing to be in our best health for our next season. So, no, I'm, 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 I'm so glad that you are here and like with us today. I don't know. Because <laughs> sometimes it. people see you in your now. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. And it was real. And when I look back at all the different things that I was fortunate in, relationships that I've been fortunate to connect with, I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. And so because of that, I do, I feel, I feel charged. I feel the responsibility to walk in my truth to let people know, um, to give hope to someone that may feel hopeless, that may, this might be the day that they say, I really didn't, I didn't want to show up. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be present. I, I thought it would be better to just leave. And I'm just here to say that no baby girls, it's not mm -hmm. that you matter. You have value, you have purpose and nobody can raise our babies like us. Mm -hmm. So. <sighs> Well, I feel like it's one of those, like, if you needed a sign today as to your <laughs> worth and as to how much you are needed, like, yeah. that is the sign yeah. for today because I cannot tell you how how much you are loved and appreciated. And, and you know that. Yeah. But, and even in your darkest days. Yeah. yeah. It's so loud. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, and so even sometimes I talk about the micro and the macro. And so a lot of times when we're in our dark space, that's our micro. Mm -hmm. And is that a real perspective? Absolutely. But is that the only perspective? No, there is a macro. And so a lot of times the importance of connecting with someone else and letting someone else know, it doesn't mean you have to go get on social media and tell everyone, which is nothing wrong. Sometimes you just gotta, if you gotta tell anybody just to, to, so someone knows, but they will offer the macro. Mm -hmm. They will help you see what you cannot see while you're in your, the smallest perspective. And it's not to, are our emotions and are our feelings real? Absolutely, but they can't lead us. Mm -hmm. Because if they lead us, they're gonna lead us down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything um, is to remind us that 
Yes, what I'm feeling, what, I, what I'm experiencing, it's valid and it's real, but where is its placement? Mm -hmm. And it just can't lead us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what, um, I, I will always take this away from one of our sessions in Mission Motherhood. And um, even though I was there because of my postpartum, but I was also having issues with my son mm -hmm. and having that piece of feeling like I was connected to him. Mm -hmm. And I just remember Mel was like, the brain is adaptable and it's like mush and you can retrain it. It's not so hard and rigid that it's just set. And I was like, that gave me so much hope. Mm -hmm. And so um, I took, you know, all the tools and the principles and the perspectives um, that you ladies offer and I utilized them and I've seen a reshaping in my relationship with my son as well as, you know, as I'm raising rain. So, um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Vela is, uh, she is a life giver as yes. well. Oh my goodness. I'm just, I, every time I'm in awe, like every time I'm in like awe of, of your perspective and passion and just like energy. And I know that that has, not, has come from a battle well fought, you know? And so I just, you have so much that is just, even you mentioned, you have days, ahead that you haven't even like you haven't even us. realized yet yeah, yeah. Um, so I just uh, I just I appreciate you being here and I hope that part of you know again if you're looking for a sign today <laughs> this was your sign <clears throat> but you know we've we haven't all been there but I know that if you have been in that situation of it's just better off to be everybody's just better off without me. I can't fight the fight anymore. Please know that you're not alone, that there are resources, that there are people available. We'll have resources for you um, as well, and that there are days ahead. I, my mom just mentioned it yesterday. Um, her, when she was going through a hard time, her grandma told her, um, there are good times that are meant for just for you. Mm. And like, that is just that's for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. you coming here and sharing and just being a light for for others. And um, my my cup runneth over. <laughs> so I want to just say thank you. Yeah. Thank you always for your yes. Thank you for Mission Motherhood. Um, it was a vital tool in my survival, and I know I won't be the only one to benefit from that. So I just wanted to always let you know that I'm grateful for you and that wherever I go, I take you and everything that you said yes to with me. Well, I, so it's a relationship that I'm always grateful for. Uh, likewise, <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. So thank you so yeah. much. Yeah.